Hi everybody, my name's Dr Hester Wilson. I'm a GP and addiction specialist. And today we're going to be talking about a really important issue that all of us in general practice will see from time to time in our clinical practice. The issue, and it's one that we often don't think about, is gambling. Gambling is risking something of value for the chance to win something of greater value. And it's been part of our community forever. And many of us will perhaps, you know, have a wager on the Melbourne Cup or occasionally get a lottery ticket or all those kinds of things without any harm. But for some people, it actually does become harmful. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the role that we have as GPs. We're going to be talking to a person with lived experience. And we're going to be looking at what our role is and what we can do and how we can screen. So first of all, I wanted to just come back to how do we ask about this in general practice? And, you know, one of the options is within a lifestyle assessment that we really commonly do for our patients, looking at their nutrition, their exercise, their weight, their smoking, their substance use, that we can also ask about gambling. Ask them, do you like to gamble? Does it cause you any problems? You could actually introduce it in terms of what's happening in that person's life. If they're coming to you with other issues and you think, oh, could gambling be an issue? You could say to them, sometimes when people are really stressed, when things are going wrong, they can turn to gambling or, or other behaviours to help them as a way of coping. Would you say that this is something you've done? Has this negatively affected you? There also are some screening tools things like the Brief Biosocial Gambling Screen, which is actually a three-question screen, and it looks at what's been happening in the last 12 months. So the questions are, in the last 12 months, have you become restless, irritable, or anxious when trying to stop or cut down your gambling? During the past 12 months, have you tried to keep your family and friends from knowing how much you've gambled? And during the past 12 months, did you have such financial trouble as a result of your gambling that you had to get help with living expenses from family, friends or social support? So really it's around being trying to cut down and feeling irritable and anxious about the gambling. It's about hiding it from friends and family and it's about financial impact in the last 12 months. So those questions are things that we can ask in the general practice setting to give us an idea of what's happening with our patients who are gambling. We're now going to have a couple of conversations. First of all, I'm going to talk to my colleague, Dr. Jenny James, who's a GP also working here in Sydney, who's going to be asking me some questions about gambling. First of all, can you explain why it's important for GPs to ask about gambling? Yeah, look, thanks, Jenny. It, it is really important for us to ask about gambling. The first thing is that every year in Australia, the vast majority of our community see a GP. So we see people, we have the opportunity to ask people about gambling. And the bottom line is it is a real issue for a group of people. We know that gambling has been part of human culture for years, for millennia, but however, there are a group of people who have problems with it. Probably about 1% of our community have a problem with gambling and it causes real harm. So if we think about it, if we're seeing 100 people then we're going to be seeing someone that has problems with gambling. The other thing is GPs is also we see people's families and we see the harm that might be happening to families. So it may be that it's the family or friends or carers, people that are impacted by the gambling that are actually seeking support from us. 
and it has real impact on people's lives and on their health and well-being and that of their families. So it's an important one for us to be aware of. And I have to say that I think that quite often we don't think of it as one of the things that, that we ask about. I guess it doesn't kind of belong to us so much as, you know, dealing with people's asthma and their other health issues. But it's a really significant issue that has real impact and we're really well placed to be able to assist people. And when do you think GPs should be asking patients about whether they have a gambling problem? There are lots of different ways that people might present to general practice when they have a gambling problem. I mean, the first one is somebody coming in and saying, Doc, I've got a gambling problem. But that's uncommon. It's much more likely for people to be seeking help about um, their stress, their anxiety, financial issues and when you dive down deeper you find that there actually is is a gambling problem that is part of it the other thing is that that, look there are sometimes when uh, comorbidities other things so the things that I think of immediately are things like depression and anxiety it really commonly goes along with people that are drinking alcohol particularly drinking at risky hazardous or dependent levels the other interesting presentation is people that are presenting with cardiovascular conditions. So that's not something that I would have thought of, but it is actually correlated with people having gambling issues. As well, looking at things like relationships, finances, issues with accommodation, legal problems, those things that suggest that their gambling is having a significant impact on their finances or on their relationships with other people. Can you give some examples of how a GP can ask about gambling? So would you have a a sort of a favourite screening question that you use when you're talking to people? Yeah, look, there's two ways I'd approach that, Jenny. The first one is making it part of a general lifestyle screening approach which is to preface it with, you know, as your GP, I'm concerned about your health and well-being. And I always ask my patients about lifestyle. Is it okay if I ask you about yours? So what you've done there is you've set up that it's part of my role, it's what I do with everyone, it's important, and you've asked for permission. Is it okay for me to ask? And once they say yes, and I have to say, I've never had anybody say no. Occasionally people will say, oh, doc, you know, look, I've just got to go and pick up the kids. I don't have time. Can we do it next time I come in? But I've never had anybody say no. And when they do say yes, then I'm asking about gambling as part of my general lifestyle assessment. So I'm asking, you know, so tell me about your nutrition, your exercise, your weight, alcohol, tobacco use, other drug use, gambling, any of things things an issue for you? Have they adversely impacted on you or affected you? Are you concerned or worried about them? So you're putting gambling in the context of you know issues that can happen for anybody and it's part of that general lifestyle. So it kind of mainstreams it and makes it accessible and, and it's understandable why you're asking. So if a patient tells a GP about some problems they're having with gambling, what do you think the GP's role is in terms of helping that person find suitable treatment. Yeah, Jenny, we have a really important role in assisting our patients to find the treatment that they need for their gambling. As I said before, we're really important in terms of screening and case finding and having those conversations and, and of course, saying to the person, good on you for coming forward and seeking help for this. This is really, really important. Now, there are some GPs who have expertise in this area themselves and can manage it themselves. 
But for many of us, we're busy. We don't have those specific areas of expertise. And we're really, really fortunate that we can assist our patients to access care through Gamble Aware. Gamble Aware is funded through the Office of Responsible Gambling by the New South Wales Government. And they have commissioned services around New South Wales that are staffed by expert counsellors and psychologists who can support people to begin to work on and change their gambling and get it under control. I have to say that there isn't much evidence that medications are are useful in terms of gambling treatment. It really is about the talking therapies and people do best when they are assisted by counsellors, psychologists that have specific expertise and training in this area. So, you know, bottom line, encourage them to seek support through Gamble Aware and there are services in your local area. That's great, Hester. Look, thank you so much for your time today and helping us understand as GPs the important role that we prospectively play in asking people about gambling and how we can incorporate that into our assessments and also our role in terms of offering treatment. Thanks so much. And now I have the pleasure of talking to Ned Anson, who is a young man who's had lived experience of gambling harm himself and now takes opportunities to advocate on the behalf of people who have experienced this so that they can actually access the help and care that they need to overcome it. I'm very pleased to be able to tell you that Ned has overcome his gambling issues and is doing extremely well today. So Ned, welcome and thank you so much for being part of this. I just want to ask you, you know, in terms of the gambling issues that you experienced, did you at any point access help or see a GP for help to help you with your gambling? And and what happened when you did that? Yeah, so firstly, let me just extend a big thank you to yourself, Hester and Jenny and the college just generally for, for having me on. It's a really great experience for me to be able to talk about my story in, in a productive way. And it actually continues to build my resolve personally. So I, I really do thank you for, for the opportunity. I did see a GP in the early stages of my problem gambling. So this was years ago. It would have been probably 2015, so sort of five, six years ago now. They referred me at the time to a counsellor who did specialise, but specialised in addiction, not necessarily in gambling and problem gambling. We discussed whether I should go down that route or to see a psychiatrist that I'd previously seen through other mental health issues. We decided to go with the counsellor who specialised in addiction. And you've spoken about the importance of that, of the specialising in what we're talking about. But it did come down to a point at that time where I think I needed somebody who was specialising in problem gambling. So at that time, I just had a fairly big incident where my problem gambling had gotten me into a bit of strife. Financially, I was broke. Luckily, I was still a young fellow living at home. So I had a bit of a safety net. But the prospect of having to cough up money for an issue that had already cost me so much money was quite a difficult thing to to grasp and not knowing where to go. I really needed that reassurance. So at that stage, being referred to someone who specialized in addiction was something, but it was still costing some more money. That was a little bit difficult at the time. And that counselor not having specializing in problem gambling was a little bit difficult as well. And so I didn't end up finding as much help out of that experience as probably what I could have. And as I later did, which I was really lucky to to have once I got through Gamble Aware, actually, as you speak of. So at the time you saw your GP, what was going on for you? What were you actually experiencing in terms of your gambling issues? 
Yeah, so it was the beginning of my real problem gambling. I was sort of exponentially spending time and money on gambling and it was getting out of control. And I was in a space where I was really confused about what my behaviors meant, why I was doing it. I was confused as to whether it was related to other mental health issues or whether it was an issue on its own. And maybe that was the cause of of other mental health issues and, and the kind of trying to work out what was the cause and the effect was really difficult for me at the time. And I think that was partly probably what I needed from the GP experience was to help flesh that out. And what you speak about with the screening questions, for example, particularly about the notions of hiding and whether it's a behavior that you hide, whether you're in financial trouble, those questions uh, would definitely have brought that to light at the time for me, because they were really specifically as sort of symptoms of my behaviors at the time. And so that was what I was going through. And I think also there's important aspects about how I think in a lot of senses, mental health and and things like anxiety and depression, I think we've come a long way around the stigma around that and building a comfortable atmosphere and talking to your doctor about things like that. I think gambling still does have a way to go, which is so wonderful in the sense that we are talking about it today. I think I needed that similar reassurance that it wasn't some strange, rare unique thing that was just unique to me but that it was something that is common which is a sad truth but nonetheless a comforting truth to someone in a dark place like that so I think that's where I was at that stage and coming to a GP and having some sense of actually them not knowing either where it might be best for me to go was probably not what I needed at that stage and so although that was many years ago and I think we've come a long way since then it is important to kind of reflect on that and and realize where it might have helped if it was different. Because it sounds like uh, you, you went to the GP and told them that you had issues with gambling. Am, am I right about that, Ned? Yeah, so I was already quite clear that I, I came in with that, essentially. So it wasn't found out through the screening in, in that sense. But again, we didn't sort of delve in between myself and the GP about the issue. It was more just a confession and then where do we go from there? It wasn't like, how, how is it affecting you specifically? Yeah, so it would have been helpful for you in that, in that consultation for the GP to ask you about what impact it was having and to allow you that space to talk about what it actually meant for you. I think so. Not necessarily a long conversation, but something just to give the GP probably some information to give me the best possible reference from there on in, just so that there could be, just depending on what type of gambling I was doing, I mean, GambleAware is pretty all-encompassing so that once you get a reference there, you can go to a relevant counsellor through there. But nonetheless, the GP having some specific knowledge. And I know it is hard because a lot of those questions can be quite, can seem intrusive, I suppose, to someone who is having trouble there. But just getting that information so that the sort of knowledge for the GP is specific enough to give accurate advice and, and specific advice, depending on the situation, I think is important for sure. It is one of the things we worry about as GPs. If I ask things and that feels a bit intrusive, my patient's not going to like that. But you came to the GP asking for help. Would it have been intrusive for you if the GP had asked you about the impact that it was having? I don't think so at that time. I think once I had kind of raised that myself without having to sort of have it found out through screening questions, I think once I had kind of raised it myself, I think... I would have been comfortable in having those further follow-up questions for sure. 
And if you hadn't gone into your GP around your mental health stuff and if the GP had asked you about gambling, how might they have asked you about that? What way could they have asked you and how could they have asked you about impact in a way that would have felt okay, that wouldn't have felt intrusive? Can you think of the advice that you'd give them around how to have that conversation with you? I definitely think what you were talking about before in terms of having it in a set really makes a lot of sense because then it's not treating it as if it's some separate thing because it is all quite related, as you say, to other mental health issues, to alcoholism, to cardiovascular issues and things like that. It is pretty crazy how much it relates to other issues. So I think having it in a, in a set makes a lot of sense in that in that way and also would help almost kind of cover it up and rather than just have it explicitly thrown at the person, it doesn't seem so much of a of a thing that stands out if it's in a set of questions and you can easily kind of ease your way into that discussion. So it's kind of making it routine and, and normal and this can happen to anyone and it's important. And I, as your GP, want to assist you and want to help and want to make sure that you're okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that creates this, that atmosphere of comfort and I think once the person feels that comfortability in the space and, and feeling like they're not a bad person necessarily for, for doing what they've been doing and for suffering this issue, I think that is a really important part of that for sure. And you were saying one of the things that was happening for you was you were hiding it from family and friends. And to me, that suggests a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it's a huge burden for people. Is there any way the GP might have been able to talk to you about this in a way that would have make, made it easier to talk about how that felt? Yeah, that's a tough one because I, I wonder whether that is a conversation for a GP or, or whether that is in depth enough that it might need to be with a counsellor. But for me, an important note on, on shame, and I think that drives so much of the issue, is that it is a cycle where you feel ashamed of, of the behavior that you're, that you're doing. And that's why you're hiding it. That's why it's private and it's silent. But as you continue to gamble, that shame almost fuels more problem gambling. It's just a really toxic cycle. Either financially you find yourself in trouble or you feel like you need to fix it by chasing your losses, for example. And that really fuels a cycle where the shame leads to more problem gambling, leads to more shame. And that that's a really vicious cycle that could be addressed by a GP, I think. And just sort of talking about the necessity of not feeling as though you are the person that needs to fix it yourself, that there is help there for you. It's not for you to have to try and fix on your own. That's a probably a key point that you could raise. And you also said that your GP referred you to an addiction counsellor, which kind of seems to make sense because gambling yeah. is an addiction. But the issue for you was that that addiction counsellor didn't specifically have skills in assisting someone with gambling. Uh, and it wasn't until you got to Gamble Aware that you were able to access the, the expert care that you needed to make that change. Yeah, that's right. So the best way I could describe it was once I got to a Gamble Aware counsellor, it was as if she had street knowledge. It was like she knew gamblers. She knew them back to front. She'd spent years. She knew my problems. And as soon as I described my situation, it was like, yes, it just, it made total sense. She'd go, so have you been doing this? I'd go, yes. And it was like someone understood me. When I went to the addiction counsellor, it was kind of, she, she was also great, but it, it felt like it was masking the specific problem 
in a category that yes, it still pertained to what I was doing. It was an addictive behavior, but the actual specifics of it and, and the deep, dark details of what was going on, I needed that to be understood. And that was only really found through the, the gambling specific counselor for me. So look, bottom line from what I'm hearing from you, Ned, is that you did want your GP to ask, you did want your GP to talk to you about what was happening with gambling. You were happy for them to raise it, particularly it's in the context of general lifestyle issues. You know, So as your GP, I'm concerned for your well-being, and I always ask all my patients about lifestyle issues. Is it okay if I ask? And then asking about exercise, smoking, diet, weight, alcohol, gambling, other drugs. So it's part of that list of of possibilities that can happen to anybody and and do happen and then have any of these affected you and then that would have allowed you a space to say yes and I'm looking for help and then referring you to an expert service like Gamble Aware that can assist you to actually make those changes. Yeah no absolutely I think it that makes a lot of sense to me and I I mean I don't know looking back I can't picture myself at that time because I've come a long way since then, but I think that would have been super, super helpful. And the fact that GamblerWare is so well resourced, I think it's just a really helpful um, aspect of that too, because obviously financial difficulties come with every problem gambler. And I think that once that side is, is kind of assisted, that that's a really big help for people just in that initial phase to know that it's not going to be a big burden on them to try and seek help. So I guess one of the things I'd like to ask you is, if I'm seeing someone and they do have a gambling issue, what would you say I, I could say to them about Gamble Aware? Like, so what could be my, you know, brief thing that I'd say to encourage them to access Gamble Aware? How would you characterise that so that I can pass that on to my patients? I think it's just the fact that whatever you're going through, it unfortunately is a common thing and there's reasons that you have gone down that path and it's not your fault and you need to find the support that is specific to you. Gambler Aware has the resources, has the counsellors that have dealt with the issues that you're talking about and they know and they understand and they can actually help you specifically. They'll help you with your problem gambling and these behavioural improvements will actually help you and help your life become a better life. And it's, it's something about improving yourself as well. And it's just a, it's a really positive experience and they're experts at the end of the day. That's the big thing is that they're experts for this issue and they've seen it before and it's not new, it's not uncommon and they know what they're talking about and they know what they're doing. So, so they can give you your life back. I would say so a hundred percent, honestly. And you know, they, they can involve just you. They can involve your support network. It can be your friends. It can be your family. They can come with you. They're open to any of that. And so it doesn't have to be something that you do. You don't have to walk alone. You can, but you don't have to. And, and they can give you life back, as you say. I think that's, that's a fair, fair call. Ned, I'm so glad that Gamble Aware were able to help you get your life back. And thank you so much uh, for talking to us today. It is, it is so valuable for us as GPs to hear about people who've experienced this and what they need from us to help them get their lives back. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hester. I appreciate it.